is Zoe here and welcome to this episode where we're going to talk about your problems are none of your horse's business. Believe it or not, I, I think about this quite often from my own perspective. You know, I'm a busy lady, I'm an entrepreneur and I've got my finger here, there and everywhere in projects and ideas that I'm working on and um, sometimes it can leave me feeling frustrated or excited or, you know, I've got some challenges ahead of me and... Of course, I've got to head to them horses, and I've got to make sure that I'm not taking problems with me to them, their horses, because, listen, it doesn't matter if it's a horse, a dog, a chicken, a cat, a turtle. Our problems are none of their business, you know, so why is this important? Well, come on, it, it, it's not fair for a start to, you know, if I'm going to the stables one day and I'm all nice and smiley and I'm offering my horse a candy, a scratch here and there, and then the next day I'm turning up and I'm slamming down a bucket and moody and the light switch won't switch off and I try and hit the light switch three times and then I shout out with a swear word. The horses especially, horses especially, dogs more so, but horses, that's what this podcast is about, horses, pick up on those vibrations. It's quite amazing at how people don't pick up on the whole idea of mirror me subject sooner. So you must have seen like a social media post perhaps or someone said to you, your horse is your mirror. Okay, we all know that. We've all heard it. We've all... I hope, like to hope you've heard about it. But do you really know what that means? It means if you're angry all the time and frustrated, your horse is going to mirror that back to you by doing several things. They're either going to start walking away from you in the paddock when you go to get them, or they're going to turn their ass to the door when you open that stable door, or they're going to start to shut down. Or they're going to choose to just not listen to you. You know, so if you find yourself in a position of life where there's quite a bit of drama, a lot going on, finding yourself frustrated, please, please, please try and find a way to not bring that to the stables or to the barn. Because the horses really will reflect that back at you. Now, don't get me wrong, there are a few horses that just don't care but I often think about that you know if the horse doesn't care it's a bit of a shame isn't it because he just doesn't care I would like to think that my horse cares I'm not saying it's a positive thing I'm not saying it's a negative thing but the horse should care if I've got a horse where you know I'm constantly sad and I'm constantly crying, I'm constantly depressed, constantly bringing my stables, my problems to the stables and constant, constant, constant. And there's absolutely zero reaction out of my horse. That's something else, you know. It, it could mean that the horse is genuinely just doesn't care or there's something else going on. Maybe they've, I've always been like that around them and I just didn't realise it and the horse has gotten used to that. Or... Um, the horse chooses not to care or indeed there could be internal problems coming out and, and that's a little bit why I wanted to talk about this subject in a podcast because I see this quite often. I'm not going to go in too much into different 
types of people. But you do have, you know, the, the caregiving type people. So people that, you know, they really love to take care of their horses. They really love doing the cleaning and the washing the hooves every day and the making sure the manes are nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Especially if you also get everything else done. Training, um, going out on trail rides, the whole shebang. Then, to me, you're the really perfect, perfect horse person, you know. And especially if you're a tidy little rider. I don't have to be perfect. Tidy little rider, pretty handy, can open and close case. And your horse is immaculate, fantastic. But we've got the caregivers. So that means in an almost, for the lack of better words, sick sense um it's kind of okay if the horse has got a little scratch because they've got 15 different ointments in the cup in their cupboard or in their first aid kit of which they can now choose to apply to this little scratch therefore they have an excuse now not to train or not to go on the trail ride with their friend because well the horse is hurting this also is a kind of a, a bringing your problems to the barn kind of situation because you know horses are so much more than creams and ointments and supplements all right there, there's so much more every single one of them no horse is better than the other and no horse deserves less than the other no horse actually really deserves more than the other they're all just amazing if we've got one person who is constantly looking for the my horse is tired today I best not do anything or oh he's got a cut on his leg he has to have three days off or oh I think he's got cold they're constantly looking for problems with their horses but actually the real problem here is not the horse it's themselves they're getting this mirror reflection back from the horse in the sense of some horses do indeed become sick. Or if they um, were sick, they get sicker. And this is all down to one thing, ladies and gentlemen, and that is energy. Positive and negative energy. Horses pick up on it like there's no tomorrow. So if I'm a caregiving kind of person and I think that I'm doing the right thing by, you know, having a million different supplements and creams and stuff like that and doing my best to take care of that horse because it needs all of that, it can also kind of have a negative effect, a negative knock-on effect to the point where, in the end, the horse has got four or five different supplements in its system. It's not able to um, use its own immune system how can it because it's being supported constantly or um fenzelbutazone bute it's it's banned here in the netherlands um not all the time because i do hear of some people using it here and there i'm not sure if that's legal or whatever but um bute as, as it's known especially when i lived in england was very common to have in your you know in your first aid kit you know when you got that three and a half year old pushing through his four-year-old teeth a bit bit too soon just chuck them a couple of sachets of butte for a couple of days and that will fix them right up that was kind of it and then we'd have the little black colic drink it would be a little bottle um, and if your horse was showing signs of colic 
you would chuck that down their their throats and uh, they'd get over the colic kind of thing. I, to be honest, I never used that bottle. Uh, every 10 years, I would find it in my first aid kit and it would be out of date, thrown in the bin, a new one to replace it for the just-in-case and stuff like that. And then maybe some Gamgee, maybe um, some wound powder and maybe some other just little dots and shots in there to, to just help. But for the most part, not much else. You know, and even today, my, yeah, my first aid kit is, it's nice. It's not jam-packed with a million different ointments. I do have sponsors who like me to try and test things. That's great. But usually then, if I if I know I'm not going to use it or I've tested it and it's not for me, I usually uh, pay it forward and give it to a student to use and stuff like that. But for the most part, I have some honey uh, for for minor skin abrasions, skin wounds and stuff like that. And then I will, um, if I really need uh, something serious, then I'll just call the vet. That's their job. Fix them up. Help me. Do your thing. So going back to the problem, my horse is bringing my problems to the stables. I've got to be careful that I'm not over-nursing them. I'm not over-taking care of them. And when I say I, I mean you, the public. Maybe there's somebody sitting there right now thinking, oh my gosh, that's actually me? Well, you know what, don't feel bad about it. Or, or, or maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, that's my friend, she does that. It's not a bad thing. What, what I'm trying to say is, it shouldn't be everything. But it is a problem. We can't be caring and nursing for horses uh, to the point that it brings negative energy constantly and diminishes their own talent, their own capabilities. You know, who knows, maybe that horse that's getting babied that way for so long um, could turn out to be a fantastic show jumper. Who knows, you know? And then we've got the other the other spectrum of things where some people are just, you know, by nature, strong. Very strong. Don't have to be... Um, uh, loud, but they're just strong in their bodies, strong in everything that they pick up, strong in opening and closing doors, strong in doing the dishes, just strong. And I find quite oftentimes um, these kind of persons have troubles with horses because if you are constantly showing your strength to a horse, you are therefore showing them this strength all of the, all of the time. So therefore that's going to start to become kind of the horse's monitor of lightness. So if they're always grabbing that horse under the chin to lead it along and they're always pushing that horse over because it has to get out of the way of someone that needs to pass. Very strong. I guess strong is not even the right word. I can't search for a word right now. But just heavy with the hands. That I guess that's what I'm trying to say. This starts to come out in the horse. Now, how does this relate? For me, it's telling me quite often times when I dig deep into this kind of character person, they've got things going on. They're, they're, you know, they've got this big protection thing going on and they're, they're, maybe there's a lot going on at home or a lot of work and it, in their work environment or in their home environment, they're actually quite soft and then when they come to the stables or to the barn, they man up a bit. They, they become this strong, clear person. Therefore, and in the sense of clear, too clear. 
So the horses then get either really strong back or shut down or become bracy-bracy and learn a lot of things that, unfortunately, when I come along, I tell the human, they now have to unlearn that. But where does this come from? This is coming from a place of protection. This is coming from a place where the human has got things going on and they're not able to soften and relax and be in the moment when they're with their horses. It's constant on, 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 on button. You know, so that's bringing the problems to the barn. Other subjects we can talk about. Well, of course, if you've got stuff going on in your life, you can't help it sometimes. You know, if your parents, one of your parents died or a cat died or, you know, there was some bad news in the local town, the local supermarket burned down, whatever. Whatever the bad news is, sometimes it happens. In, it's in your thoughts while you're with your horse, perhaps while you're grooming and stuff like that. That's normal. I'm not saying you can't do that. But if we're constantly bringing our problems to the stables where, you know, there's a lot of drama all of the time or constantly talking about things that are going on at work or the relationship that you're not happy with and you're constantly doing that constantly around the horses, it's not going to have a positive effect. As a matter of fact, what happens is, the brain of the human starts to learn this new pattern because it start, kind of works as a little bit of an outlet. And then this outlet, start kind of like a natural phenomenon, starts to happen each and every time the person is at the stables with the horses. And then maybe, just maybe, the moment they get back in their car, their problems disappear and they start to think about something else maybe because the radio is on and Madonna comes on with a song you love or something like that. Everything is a is kind of a brain trigger. And if we're horse lovers, and if we just genuinely recognize that just to even be around them every single day, we are mega fortunate, mega rich already being able to do that. Therefore, when we go to the stables, when we are around them, when we're interacting with them, we must recognize that it should be a positive thing so if you're having troubles in your life you you know you can use that you say okay i'm gonna to go to the stables for a couple of hours now and i'm just gonna let all that crap go and i'm just gonna have a great time so that you're not training your brain for the stables to be an outlet for your problems you're training your brain for it to diminish your problems to put them on hold for five minutes to just quite literally say hey I'm not going to be busy with my problems right now I'm going to be with my horse and my horse deserves me to be positive as happy as possible and stuff like that now don't get me wrong there has been times where I have buried my face in my horse's neck cried my eyes out and poured all of my troubles out into my horse's neck what do I get back from the horse literally stepping away from me and looking at me like I know what's going on with you but it's not the normal thing you know and I can almost laugh because I can see myself in two at least two times where I've done that grabbed the horse's neck just like in a movie oh so emotional crying and the horse has just quite literally stepped away <laughs> you know because then 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 it's it's just not interesting to them some horses can even find that scary I can even recall times when um you know, I'm having a bit of a banter and a joke with the girls at the stables and I burst out laughing, like jaw-aching, belly-aching laugh. And a couple of horses that are tied nearby actually got scared. 
because of this roar of laughter. Now, of course, not to say don't go laughing at the stables, guys, because that's that's not what it's about. But again, it's to show that horses just are so different to us in that sense. And what we might interpret as positive, they can quickly perceive as negative, you know. And what we perceive as negative, the horse can indeed quite possibly perceive as positive. So, but if we can just understand that, one, we're human. Two, I don't care who you are, who you think you are, what background you come from, how much money you've got in your bank, how big your car is, how many how many cars you've got, how many horses you've got, how many saddles, blankets, whatever, status, whatever. Doesn't matter who you are, you're going to have problems in life. And they be small sometimes, they be big sometimes, you can have drama in your life, or maybe you don't have drama, but your best friend does, and you can't help but pick up on that. So, you know, that's just life. We've all got to find a way to just chip away and learn, you know, try to stay positive and look on the brighter side of things and you know maybe where you had a bad bad day yesterday the next day it just feels really illuminated like oh my god yesterday was just awful or you're embarrassed by something and then you just know that like after a week or two it gets diluted and you feel better about it and before you know it you quite possibly even forget about it unless somebody kindly reminds you if you was embarrassed about something anyway but then, even then, when you're reminded of that, it's diluted, you know. So that's the same with the with horses. If, if we, you know, if you're having a down day, you can take it to the stables. But you just have have to be aware that it's not becoming a constant pattern, and that you know, just because you're having troubles, it doesn't mean that you have to take that out on your horse constantly. You know. Cancer is a a whole big thing these days, and we're we're getting better at diagnosing it. Of course, there's even MRI machines now that can diagnose prostate cancer in men and stuff like that. It's it's, it's phenomenal. It's everywhere, and ac- actually a bit like the pandemic. The the pandemic for that year and a half, two years was just everywhere, and the negativity that was pulled up out of the earth. I, I saw it in front of my own eyes. People were just getting depressed. And, you know, we were really fortunate living here 15 minutes outside of Amsterdam. I've actually got a garden, but a lot of my neighbours don't. They just live in an apartment. And they were stuck there. And, you know, where have they got to go? Nowhere. And we, me and my friends and my students and my uh, people that share the same stables as us, we get to go to this beautiful place and to be with the horses and to be out there in the open. Had some rules we had to abide, of course. You know, you have to wear a mask if you're within three metres of someone and certain, you know, wasn't allowed to be at the stables for longer than two hours and stuff like that, although a lot of people did break those rules, of course, but that's another subject. Um, but, you know, we, we got to do that. But Sometimes I was there and I was thinking, my gosh, I really, really don't want to be here. It's kind of depressing. Everybody was just so low and down. And, and of course, that's, that's the, the world that we were living in right now. But what I wanted to do was get to the stables and have, you know, this positive, yeah, outlet. You know, really just absorb my horses, be in the moment, be in the nature if possible, going out on a trail ride and just... But I found that really, really hard. And, of course, 
being surrounded by people that are constantly negative, constantly having drama in their life, it's going to start to affect you too. So what I'm going to wrap up this podcast now. This really was just a, a subject I wanted to blare out there into the hemisphere. It's just basically think about your daily interactions with your horses. If you are having troubles in your life, I am sorry about that. It's going to be okay. There's always a resolution or at a certain point, like I spoke about earlier, things start to become diluted and not so bad. Make sure that there's not constant drama. You know, if you're finding you're having constant drama, then there really is, there's something going on there. Maybe it's time to look deep into why there is constant drama in your life. Or if it's a friend, maybe you can help them figure out that and uh, guide them in a non-invasive way. Um, And for the most part, remember that every interaction, every single day that you are around horses, you are fortunate, rich. They are magnificent, amazing animals. They do not deserve to be under the the gluten of punishment. I'm not even sure if that's a correct sentence or word. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit tired now. Uh, But they do not deserve to be under that, you know, under our constant worries, our constant um, drama, our constant, constant uh, negativity. They just don't deserve that. What they do deserve is for you to try and be positive and use them to get, positive even if it does mean for that moment they're burying your head in their neck and having a little cry do that if it makes you feel better after and then you can move forward without having your problems at the stables fantastic and for the rest i just hope you found this podcast useful and um tune in for another episode of zoe's horse bites and follow me on social media at Get Good With Horses and check out my website at getgoodwithhorsescourses.com. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon. You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses Courses and Online Training Academy by Zoe Code.